In this episode, we find out how to make champions. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? My name is Michael Sano, and welcome to the Sea and Land Fitness Podcast. Now, uh, this podcast is, of course, brought to you by Sea and Land Fitness. Head on over to www.sandlfit. That's S and L Fit dot com and pick up some merchandise over there we've got a ton of stuff um but that's not the most important thing that we've got for you this week what we've got for you is central florida's winningest softball high school softball coach coach tj gills coach welcome to the show hey thank you michael appreciate it appreciate the opportunity to be here no, I'm, I'm, it's an honor. It's an honor to have you here. I am, uh, I just interviewed your daughter, Avery. Um, and I actually, it's funny, um, because I came to know you through YouTube while I was doing research for her. There's a, a video about her high school journey and, and getting picked up. Can you, uh, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. You know, I, um, I'm, I'm just kind of a, been a sports guy since I, since I can remember as a, you know, as, as, as long as, you know, going back to being a, a young kid and, and, uh, just grew up playing all the sports, loved it, loved the, loved the strategy behind it. And, um, you know, I, uh, played, played, played baseball in college. Um, and then I, uh, I finished up, wound up getting a, a degree in finance, and um, I have been uh, a, a wealth manager now for 25 years. So I've been uh, coaching people on how to build their wealth and keep their wealth and distribute their wealth properly. And um, but in addition to that, um, I uh, my, my uh, met my beautiful wife in college, and I played baseball. She played softball, and I fell in love with that sport. And um, you know, just basically to me, you know, fast pitch softball is like baseball on steroids. Just the game is. It's so fast Gosh, and played yeah. so passionately, and so I loved the game long, long, long time ago. We wound up having two girls. They uh, they uh, got into um, all the different sports, but then they naturally gravitated to, you know, what mom and dad played, and um, and then I got into coaching. Gosh, now it's probably eighteen, nineteen years ago, and um, just kind of did it, you know, did it as the normal stuff, you know, local rec leagues to begin with, um, but uh, the whole whole mission was to try to, you know, make a great experience, you know, for, um, for my kids, as well as anybody that we coached. And we realized that we could actually do it uh, at a pretty high level, um, across the country and then, and then wound up doing for high school as well. So, well, yeah, I mean, you, you've coached two really amazing softball players in their own right. Um, Avery and Kinsey, who both played together at the University of Florida. I'm, I mean, you've got to be gushing. It's it's almost like a dream come true, so to speak. Um, so your background, you played baseball in college. What position did you play? I was a left-handed pitcher in college. Um, yeah, I was a lefty, lefty first baseman pitcher in high school. But when I got to college... I solely pitched, and I um, I played at University of North Florida, you know, for a legendary coach, Hall of Fame coach Dusty Rhodes, that was there for a wow. long time. And 
and he he's an old school you know uh, baseball guy and I, and I, I you know I, I get a lot of my you know um, you know X's and O's came from came from uh, old coach Rhodes so um, I do it a little bit differently than he did um, but but you know the X's and O's and how to prepare and all those things that's where that's where I learned it all and um, and uh, just again that to me is the fun part is the preparation the strategy the you know, the help and the grind and, and getting ready to prepare to, you know, try to win a championship. So. Now, did your experience going from high school into playing college, did that help you with, because you're in, you're in a baseball, softball, well, you're actually in a sports mecca. Um, where are you guys, I mean, IMG is right near you guys. Um, my brother, he lives in Clearwater and my nephew plays baseball. Um, so, and he's consistently talking about the level of talent in that area. Mm-hmm. So did your transition from going to high school into college help you with sort of, you know, developing not only your kids, but the kids on the baseball or on the softball team, um, as they were trying to journey through journey through take their own journey through softball while also seeing the successes around them. Yeah, no question. I mean, um, you know, that we're Florida has been a hotbed for baseball, you know, as long as you can remember. And, um, but, but I'll tell you, you know, when I, when I first got into fast pitch softball, I was told, you know, many, many, many times that, um, you know, that, you know, there's, yeah, the B, you know, softball doesn't have any, I mean, Florida doesn't have any A softball players. They have B softball players. They, you know, California, Arizona, that's where all the A players were. And I remember hearing that in 2006. And I said, you know, that makes no sense to me. You know, we have as much sun, if not more than they do. And um, so we obviously have the same population type and this and that. So, you know what it must come back down to? It must come back down to coaching, right? And so, you know, I said, we well, have all the spring training. We have all of the spring training for Major mm-hmm. League Baseball, practically. Mm-hmm. But go on. I'm sorry. It's just no, shocking right. to hear you say that. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I remember, you know, like tournament directors and, uh, you know, the sanctioning bodies. I mean, I remember one telling me right that. And I just said, well, that's about to change. You know, um, you know, we're going to we're going to put out, you know, top quality, a level ball players. Um, that, you know, we'll have choices. And, and that was my whole thing is I just always wanted to, you know, do everything we can to help the young ladies so that they'd have choices. You know, where, where if they want to play at the highest level, go play at the highest level. You want to play mid-level, mid-level. You want to go to academic, go academic, whatever it is. But we just aim to try to give them choices and then also, you know, have a really great experience along the way. And to me, you know, and, and, and my wife, and she coached with me as well. I mean, it's just what what better way to have a great experience but, you know, chasing a championship together as a team. And, you know, we had we had a, wow. we had a good time doing that. So You chased it together as a family. It's just right. insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so, did, what, so one of the things, I watched this video. Uh, it was a couple of part series. I don't know if you saw it. It was on the UF softball team. And it um, followed the coach and the players from a couple of years ago. And one of the things that he he also came from college baseball. um, And one of the things that he said was he just treated softball practice like it was baseball practice because the fundamentals were mirrored. They were exactly the same. Is that is that the approach that you took or did you try to? change anything a little bit or did you see that you had to change anything a little bit 
Yeah, I mean, just just the delivery, you know, I mean, it's a different delivery, you know, um, I, I remember hearing a long, long time ago, Mike Andrea, Hall of Fame coach from um, Arizona, I believe he's the one who coined this, but he said, you know, boys have to play good to feel good, and girls have to feel good to play good. So I remember hearing that a long, long time ago, and it's so true, right? I mean, I, I was that guy, I, I could feel terrible, right? But then I'd get out there and, and, and pitch my best game, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, girls, if they don't feel right or if their friends are upset with them or this and that, they're not going to play well. You know, it's just oh, how it is. Right. And so you got you to really make sure you deliver in a way, you know, that um, doesn't mean that you got to be soft and it doesn't mean that you can't push them. But you have to deliver in a way to try to get them feeling their best, right? Because if you want to get anything out of them, you've got to, you know, you know make them feel like they're you know, better than they are all the time. And, and that, and that's, and that's what, you know, that's what we always tried to do. I just always remembered that because, you know, again, I mean, when I played, I had a tough coach. He would come down on Mm -hmm. me and, you know, you you know, you didn't do your job. He told you to, you know, get the, you know, what off the mound and this, that, (laughs) and, and learn how to pitch. I never did that with, you know, girls, you know, I just, we'd kind of say, Hey, today's not your day. We'll get some work in tomorrow. You'll be right back out here, you know, dominating, you know, just, you know, it's just different. So I think you have to know that delivery and then it, and then it works out. So you were not the dad in bad news bears. Okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. Correct. <laughs> good analogy. Good analogy. Not, yes. not buttermaker. So. No, not at all. Um, so that, that ties into the next question that I have is how do you mentally prepare softball players um, for a game or for practice? Are they two different animals to you? Um, I come from the military, so you fight like you train. But I, I understand having gone to the University of Florida, I got a master's in a in a uh, sports science. So I understand that's not always, that may be the old way of thinking mm-hmm. uh, in some cases, but it may be relevant with softball. Yeah, I think that, you know, we always practiced way harder and way faster than the game ever was. And and that was by design. You know, we always wanted to slow the game down so that when it was the biggest, the most intense moments, right, they've already been through it in practice. You know, they you know, they knew that there was a comp- inner competition that we did in practice. And, you know, the losing squad was going to have to, you know, run a lot, run poles, whatever the case may be, you know, just something to, or clean up the field, put everything away, you know, whatever the case is, is that, and, and those, they took it serious, right? So they're, they're, you know, and we'd, we'd increase the noise and, you know, turn up the radio and make everything loud. And, you know, our practices were two to two and a half hours of intent, getting after it, playing faster than you ever had to. Even the reps were fast by design and this and that. So then when you got to the game, everything would kind of slow down. And the same thing preparation-wise is practice, we're going to push you harder. You know, we're going to give you feedback that, you know, that, you know, we're not going to probably say on game day. Again, on game day is let's bring out their best, right? Mm -hmm. Let's look at them, look them in the eyes, see where they are that day, and then find out how do we got to bring out their best, right? You know, today's the final exam. You know, everything else, you know, let's bring out their best. Let's see how we do. And, um, and that, you know, we did, a, we, did a, we did a really good job of, of, you know, having players just, I think, play way above, you know, their level. And, um, and it was fun to watch. You know, that, to me, it was the best part was, you know, watching kids just tear it up in the state tournament that had an average season. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. when we needed them most, they came through. That was, that was really fun. 
creating little Ortizes. That's what you're doing. Right. <laughs> um, exactly right. <laughs> but how does so that 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 brings up something interesting? Okay, so my dad was my little league coach, um, and you coached, you know, both of your daughters. I imagine it's easy to have a disconnect when it's not your kid, but when it is your kid, how do you, how do you balance that? You know, some parents, they'll be harsher on their kid just to prove to them and everyone else on the team that he's not playing favorites. Some will go the opposite way. How, how did you balance it? Yeah, no, it, it, it was, um, it was planned, you know, it was something that we really thought about because I remember the expression daddy ball and I, and I, and I hated that expression. And, um, although I know where it came from and I saw it, you know, firsthand and how that worked, you know, kid, you know, wasn't, you know, one of the best players on the team yet. She's, you know, batting third, playing shortstop or pitching, whatever it was. And, and you knew that the only reason that was happening is because the dad was her coach. Well, you know, my kids knew that, they were going to, if anybody ever walked up to the field, nobody was going to know who my kid was, right? They, if they watched us for two hours for a week, they just weren't going to know who my kid was. Now, you know, afterwards, I gave them all the time in the world and feedback, and, and I probably was, in practice, a little bit harder on them and also used them sometimes as examples of, of things that I wanted to get across to the team you know, mm-hmm. and then I would tell them later. And, I, and again, I was very honest with them saying, you know, I really wasn't that mad at you or, you know, I know that you didn't do that, but I, I didn't want this other kid, you know, she needs to hear, you know, what was said, but I didn't want her to crumble in and, and that particular case, whatever it was. And I know that, you know, you're strong enough to take it and, and all those things. So, you know, I was just very open and honest with them, telling them that, you know, being coach's daughter there's a special role to that. You know, there's a lot of really cool perks, right? Because all the extra work and reps and, you know, conversations we could have. Um, but there's also, you know, some negatives to it too. And, and we just told them that you got to take the good with the bad. There's definitely more good than bad. Um, and uh, being honest with them, I think, helped. No, that it, and it shows. It, it mm-hmm. absolutely shows, at least in, in my conversation with Avery. She's mm-hmm. just, she loves the sport. It didn't, mm-hmm. your coaching style and your attention and your style of attention didn't diminish her, her product at all. So, um, good that. job. Way to go, Dad. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, all right. Now, one of the things that I wanted uh, that I wanted to cover was now that we know what you expect on the field, what type of uh, of work ethic you're looking for in practice, um, how. How did you choose your roster? How did you choose your positions? What did you look for in specific players? And how did you use that to create a successful team that went on to win championships? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I think, you know, we pretty quickly got to got to a high level. And I think anybody that was coming to try out with us or play for us, whether it was travel ball or high school, you know, they knew that they already had to have talent. You know what I mean? It's just that that was kind of a given. So then what we were looking for is like, you know, right, you know, the tangibles are the talent, you know, run who can hit, who can hit for power, all that stuff, right? But the intangibles, right? Who's that kid that just works like crazy in practice, right? And 
I mean, and you know, we've had those kids along the way that have been like the glue of the team, the personality of the team, the ones that, you know, just give you everything. They may not even be as talented, but their intangible skills um, are off the charts, right? Just a great teammates, just great coachable players, um, respectful, you know, work really hard, put in the extra time. You, you tell them, you know, to, you know, here's something you should work on between now and the next practice. They did it tenfold and, and extra, you know I mean? They just knew that. So, you know, those are the kind of kids that we were looking for. And, you know, we, we passed on, you know, some, some really talented kids quite a few times, um, just because they weren't a fit, you know, with, with it was all about them and parents were all about them and their path and their ride. And, and I, and I get that, you know, and it, and it, most of them, I'm sure it worked out for in some cases, they didn't get to play at the level we did, or they didn't get to do some of the cool things that we did, you know, where we went and where we got to play, who we got to play against and stuff like that. But, but I'm sure it worked out for them, but we always looked at it as the team as a whole. And we wanted people that wanted to be a part of a team and, and, and trust the process. And, and what we always said was, you know, if we if we do this the right way and, and we teach these girls the game and how to play the game the right way, and they're going to obviously definitely already have some talent, we'll help them get better. But if we do all those things right, then we're going to be on the right fields at the right time in front of the right coaches playing against the right teams. And, you know, the recruiting really took care of itself. You know, I wasn't one of those guys. I didn't have to make hundreds of phone calls to get our kids recruited. You know, they just always were like, Oh, there's Tampa Mustangs TJ again at the end of the tournament playing in the finals. You know, we must have a good team. Well, word spreads this and that. Oh, there they are again. Oh, there they are again. And next thing you know, I mean, all of our kids are, are going D1. And, um, you know, uh, not that, you know, D1 is the only thing, but but most of them went D1 and, and got scholarships and got a chance to play at a pretty high level and, and have a good time. So I think, I think that's what we focused on. We looked for those kind of kids as opposed to um, just a bunch of individuals. I mean, to me, softball is a team sport. I don't. I don't really understand the whole AU thing, and um, I don't know if you watch that at all. The athletes unlimited. The uh, oh, uh, I've seen parts of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's such such special ball players and special talents that are out there, and you know, I, I just I don't understand why they why they're trying to make you know softball into an individual sport where you keep track of points, and you know, I just doesn't make sense to me. This is a great team sport, and 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 it should be built that way, and then and then what happens later on? I just had a conversation with Kinsey. Two nights ago, you know, she was telling me about she's got a big girl job now and she's working in corporate America and and she was telling me about a situation and I said I asked her, I said, What does that remind you of? And she kinda of stopped for a while and she just looked at me like it's like and she kinda of remembered this situation that happened on one of the teams she played on, right? And and it was the exact I said, Yeah, I said those lessons, right? How learning how to be a good teammate, learning when to step in, learning when not to step in, learning when to get somebody's back, learning when to hold somebody accountable. You know, it's there's so many great things that come from playing in a team sport. And, um, you know, it was really kind of cool to see that applied to uh, her her afterlife. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Now, these things that, that were your uh, primary reasons for decisions for not taking a an athlete, were these things ever communicated to the family or to the athlete themselves in a, in a positive way, of course, but so that maybe that they could see it as something that they could work on? Uh, so that they could maybe make a goal to work on that and maybe come next year? Yeah, I think. Um, I, I think with some of them we were able to do that. If ones that we thought, that it was more of, you know, kids that were close talent and ability-wise, but we weren't going to be the best fit just because we weren't going to be able to get them the reps and, 
um, you know, they were three on the depth chart or whatever the case may be. I'd just be like, nah, you'd be better off going somewhere, getting more reps, one or two. And, you know, if we if you want to come back, you know, you might get locked into that team. We get it. But I just I want to do what's best for you first. And I don't want you to just toil here. And, you know, it might be tough for you to get those reps here. So go do that if you want to come back. That's great. The kids that were, you know, maybe. Um, I understand there are probably some behavior kids that from, and this is not to be mean to you kids, sorry, mm-hmm. but there are some you go, I don't know about this. You know, yeah, I no, get that. hundred percent. I mean, it's just, it's not worth it, you know? And, and um, I, I remember we had, we had tryouts one time for a kid and, and, you know, right at the tryouts ended and, and the, you know, my players on the existing team came up to me and said, coach TJ, you're not going to take her, are you? <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> oh, man. And, and, and I was just like, no, no, guys. I said, I, I saw everything you saw, and then and, and I don't even want to know what I didn't see because, you know, it was stuff that happened in the dugout or that was said or this and that. So I said, no, I said, no, it's not just not a fit. You know, we'll keep doing our thing, and we'll wish her well. So, uh, so that brings – so that's one stressor. Another stressor that I imagine, and I want to I want to kind of explore, is – so Avery was scouted when she was. Do I have this right? She was scouted when she was fourteen. She was first identified at twelve, actually. And this Jeez. is this is going back, you know, before they changed the rules. You know, they were out there, you know, starting to starting to make their lists. You know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and um, so that's when she was kind of first identified, and then it and then it broadened. And by the time she was fourteen, she was getting offers. You know, and again, I. That's the one thing I'm glad the rule changed. Um, I wish it would have changed a little sooner. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think it would have been better because I had I had that whole 2020 class, that whole crop that was still playing under those rules. That I do think that waiting until you're a junior um, before you have to make a decision is so much better than you know eighth, ninth grade. So I mean, she didn't even play a she didn't have one game in high school. She didn't have one at bat in high school, and she was already committed to the University of Florida and. You know, oh well, cool. well, why didn't you wait? Ah, you just, you really can't. I mean, if you went, no, through, I get that. You would know. I mean, yeah, we could have waited, and the scholarship could have gone to somebody else. And maybe if she was good enough, they would have figured out a way to get her money later, and this and that. But you know, at the time, you know, everything seemed right, and you're just going, yeah, I think this is a good fit. She was head over heels. It was top program in the country, one of the top academic schools in the country. So let's just go ahead and and lock lock it down at that point. But but I am glad that they changed the rule. So what does that do, though? So let's say she gets an offer, all right? 14 years old, it's it's the fall, okay? She gets an offer. I don't know what the time frame would be, but she gets an offer in the fall. Spring comes around, and she starts having a crappy season. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What kind of pressure does that put on her? How does she deal with it? I'm saying not just Avery, but any of your athletes, what kind of pressure does that put on you? You know what yeah, I mean? So, yeah, no, no, no question. So, I mean, you know, we we coach them up on that a lot. I mean, so really what happens is you get they got their offers, and you don't really sign, though, until you're a senior, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, you get you, – you can – at that point, you could commit at any point. So you become committed. And, and once – you know, once we really coached our kids up on is that we weren't – you know, it wasn't the only goal to get you committed to go play college. You know, the whole goal every day is just get better. How are we going to get better? And if you're one of those players who thinks once you commit that, you know, you can now coast, you know, number one, you're not going to fit on our team. And number two, your college coach, you know, they, 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 don't, they don't sign you until you're a senior. 
You know, they could move on. It's a verbal commitment up until that point. And you have to, we used to tell them, don't give anyone, don't give them that reason, right? Just keep getting better every single day because, you know, while they liked you as a 14-year-old, they're still projecting you as what you're going to be as an 18-year-old. And if you don't live up to that and you don't look like that coming into college, number one, you're either going to lose your offer or number two, you're going to get there and you're going to be gone in a year. So, you know, we just really coached them up on it, very honest with them, kept pushing them. And any, anybody who wanted to coast or, you know, take it easy, didn't want to travel, didn't want to play the best competition, we just said that, you know, we're not, we're not the right fit for you. It's time for you to, you know, play somewhere else. So. Got it. Um, now, along those same lines, how, how do you help your athletes deal with, with uh, successes in games? You know what I mean? Not let it go, get into their head. And how do you deal with their failures? How do you help them deal with their failures? And I guess what I'm trying to ask is, let's say it, it's along the same lines. You're, you're riding that high of that success, and you go in and you play a team that you know is not on par with you, but you lose to them. Mm-hmm. How do you pick them up and, and, and get them to continue in a championship type of fashion? How do you keep them champions so to speak yeah i mean as you were saying that different games and different scenarios were coming <laughs> into my head so I, and, and each one of them you know at, at different times and, and different i could you know i could tell you stories on all of them which make, make me smile because they're great memories but but i think in general again i mean we just you know we were we coached them you know what i mean we really would talk to them and i mean the parents that were involved in our organization they just i was probably famous for my post-game conversations you know to me it was the best opportunity you know to really to 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 re, you know to talk about the game what what can we learn what can we get better at right celebrate some of the good things and then get prepared for the next one and and when we and we used to say you know as they say all the time you know you're going to learn so much more from your losses and your failures than your wins and so you know that to me is opportunity right and i used to say hey we just created an opportunity for ourselves to get a heck of a lot better Right. Yeah, I would have much rather won and we didn't play our best. And I said, but, you know, let's go see next time what happens when we play our best. Let's see what we can do when we play our best. Does anybody here think we played our best? And everybody shake their head. No. Okay. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, if we played our best and we got beat, then then I'm going to be concerned. But I don't believe we played our best. I don't believe we coached our best. So I'm going to say that when we come back and we give them our best, we're going to have a really good chance. And and I think that kind of, you know, gets everybody like motivated to come back and say, yeah, you're right. We can do that. We can definitely play better. And, and you know, we, we took ownership of it as well with them. So we were all trying to say, let's get better together. And um, and then and you just bring them back and bring them back around. And, you know, there's, a, you know, the game as a as a as a sport is a game of failure. You know, I mean, so, you know, we talked to them about that, too. You know, we were we weren't I tell you, don't chase a batting average. Don't chase a hit or a double or this and that chase the process chase did you have a good at bat did you hit the ball hard right were you in the right spot did you were you a great teammate today all the things that you can control right all the reps and everything else that we do on a daily basis you're a talented kid they're going to come out right but if you try to beat yourself up and you know you could hit six line drives in a row at somebody and be 0 for 6 now do you think you're in a slump right yeah most kids would they'd be like I'm 0 for 6 coach and I go back and say you hit six line drives. You're crushing the ball. Don't change a thing, right? The next three duck farts are going to fall in, right? Now you're three for nine, and, and you didn't hit the ball well, and, and you're hitting 333, and then you're going to go back to hitting line drives, gap shops, and this and that. I mean, that's kind of how the game works. So, 
you know, again, I think that we were just, we, we made sure that we took time, you know, to, um, to sit down and have great conversations with the players and, you know, get in their heads. And if somebody was showing any kind of, you know, mental, um, situation going on that was bothering them, you know, we, we would talk to them about it, right? We just didn't like let them go home and hold, eh, they'll, they'll work it out. You know, we'd say, hey, I, I know what you're thinking right now. I know what you're feeling. And if I don't, I'd love for you to tell me because that's what we're here for. We want to we help you get better. We want to help you get past this. And, you know, and again, I mean, as, as we're sitting here talking, Michael, I mean, um, this, that's the stuff that I miss the most, you know, not coaching on a day-to-day basis right now. I mean, those are the things where you could just light a kid up and, 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 and bring her back, you know, to where she needs to be. I mean, that that's as good as any, any W any day. So No, definitely. And, and as I'm looking at it from a sports psychology perspective, it removes the entire – it puts responsibility onto the player but puts it onto the player themselves in a way that makes them want to work hard. It, it mm-hmm. creates a goal, and it almost removes the need for any type of punitive – you know, action mm-hmm. when, coaches, not all coaches, but some coaches, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't do what you're supposed to, they move into a punitive mm-hmm. type of mindset mm-hmm. where you're going to work, you're going to pay for this, you're going to pay for that loss. Mm-hmm. And it's just wonderful to see that it's such a professional way. It's such a professional approach. Way to go. Um, I appreciate that. I no, you know, no, it's 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 phenomenal. Well, I, I think um, I think one of the questions that you had to ask, or you know, me to look at, you know, was how do you build it? And I, I have to say this, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't a one man shop. You know, the first thing I did was made sure that I found some really good, quality, loyal people that we're ready to, you know, do this together, right? And and have a joint mission, check the ego at the door, right? Trust me 100% in that, you know, here, here and here's clear as day, here's our mission, this is what we wanna do, and if I go off track, you hold me accountable, but I'm probably not gonna go off track. You know, we wanna want these kids to get better every day and have a great experience. And if we just keep focusing on that, the college recruitments are gonna take care of themselves, the national championships, the state championships are going to take care of themselves. And um, so I, I was really fortunate. I had some great coaches that, you know, were just great people and they were loyal and they, you know, they kept the same message going through consistently. Different styles, but they kept the same message that you were just talking about go through. That's awesome. That's wonderful. Now, you brought something up, which I had read in an article and we texted back and forth about you're not coaching right now. Mm-hmm. And what happened? I, I understand you ran into some time constraints while you were doing the planning for the season, last season. Is is that correct? Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I coached all the way up while, while the girls were still playing. Then even when they were done, I just loved it. And my wife and I kept doing it. And, um, you know, we kept doing travel ball. We kept doing high school ball, even after both girls were in college. And I look at it now and just go, how do we do it? <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's, it was it was kind of miraculous. I mean, you know, we always would try to get the, the college schedules as early as we could and then and then figure out how we could tie that to the high school schedule and the travel ball schedule. So we were trying to be everywhere to every, you know, for everything and, you know, manage a business and be, you know, fathers and then be husbands and wives and all that stuff. So, you know, when uh, last year was Kinsey's senior year, it was Avery's junior year. 
you know, we just started looking at the schedule and it, it was just different than it had been. I think COVID mm-hmm. kind of softened things up, made it a little bit easier from big travel standpoint. The Gators didn't travel as much as they had um, before COVID. And, um, but last year, you know, they were back to going to California. Then the SEC tournament was in different places. They had all these different trips and, and, and I just, I can't do something, you know, three quarters or 80% or 85%. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't do that to the girls and, um, it's just not, just not how I operate. So I just looked at it and said, you know what, we've, uh, we've earned this. We've been doing this for 17 years. Let's go ahead and step back and, and spend the last two years making sure we don't miss an inning. We haven't missed an inning of college ball. And, um, you know, we see, every, see them everywhere, you know, they play. And uh, we just go out there and, and just and just said, let's step away. And so, I, you know, like I said, I think I told you, I, it's a sabbatical. Is it is it permanent? Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I think right now I, I love the sport too much. I think right now it, it's a bit of a sabbatical. And, you know, I, I get it. asked all the time about different opportunities. And, you know, I, I will also say that I'm waiting for the right opportunity. If something really interesting came along, um, then I'll, I'll probably be back a little bit sooner. But uh, right now, I'm, I'm very you know content to watch every senior year at University of Florida and get through all of that, and then we'll see what happens. So, all right, perfect. Um, let's wrap this up with one more question. Yeah. Um, and uh, from from what you had said before, this is not going to be an easy one. Um, what is your most memorable and impactful moment? Uh, coaching playing sports, um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be your biggest moment. It could be, you know, and it could be more than one. I realize you have two daughters. So, um, so, yeah. Well, you know, um, I know Avery told you about, you know, uh, being there for when when we won the national championship. And, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I mean, it's just hard to, you know, the the story behind that, Michael, is – there's so much more to it, and I don't know if you have enough time for it, to be honest with you. Please, I mean, no, we've, okay. we've got so, time. So in 2013, it was the first time that we took this team, um, Kinsey's team, to a national tournament, and uh, the ASA National Championship in uh, in Illinois, and we made it to the national championship game. We lost in the final 2-1. to one. Oh. And so that's 2013, right? 2014, mm-hmm. we move up from 14U to 16U, and we go to the national championship. Uh, this time it's held in Virginia. And we make it to the national championship game, and we lose four to three, uh. and um, to a second year six. I mean, they, you know, not making excuses, but you know, they were better. They were a little better than us, but um, but just to get to the national championship game twice in two years in a row and lose, right? So then, you know, now we were taking the step of going out to California, where where the you know that that that's the top level. It's PGF and. And um, now we, we got an invite. We were going out. This is a big deal. This is where all the best teams play at that point. So it's 2015. And, and we go out and we lose the first bracket game one nothing. So not only did we just go into the loser's bracket, the way that the bracket worked, it was, just, it was all by draw, blind draw, where you, pop, where you get slotted in. But the way the bracket worked that year is, we actually had to go into a play-in game to get into the loser's bracket. I mean, it was the worst, crappiest draw you could possibly imagine. By losing that game one nothing, and and, it, and I remember it. We lost the game one nothing. We left 13 runners on base. We outplayed them left and right. We just couldn't score a run. It was, it was, it was crazy. So I, I remember going back to the hotel, and we were, you know, like, 
I can't believe this. We're going to go to in a barbecue. We're spent all this money to go to California and this and that. And, um, and my wife, you know, she was sitting there, we we're talking and then she found this song. Um, and it, it was by, uh, it was by a Christian rapper. His name's Andy Minio. It's called, you can't stop me. And it, I think it had just come out or whatever it was, but she's like, here's, here's our rallying cry, whatever it was. And I said, I said, all right, that was Tuesday. I said, we got to come back and play now that night, Tuesday to win just to get, no, I'm sorry. We had to play at five o'clock and then we had to play at seven o'clock just to get to Wednesday. Oh my well, gosh. so I said, Let, let's just try to get to Wednesday. Well, we come back and the girls light it up. I mean, just, just crushing wow. the ball, like run rule. Like we don't even have to do anything. It was a whole new team. All right. So great. So we made it to Wednesday. Well, Wednesday we had to win three games to get to Thursday. We win three games, get through, get through. And again, in dominant fashion, Thursday, we have to win three more games to get to Friday. Cause now you're in the loser's bracket, right? And, and so you just, it's the longest route. Well, we do that. And, um, they started getting a little bit better. You know, I think we had one dominant and then there were like one run games at this and that. So, so now we make it to Friday and Friday. Now we're in like the final eight. And, and if we, um, if we win like the first two games, then there's two, I get four now, right? So now all this through, I don't know if you've been adding it up, but I'll tell you the number yeah. in a second. So we have to win four on Friday and the win two, then we play a team, then we had to beat that team again because they would have been undefeated basically in the final four. We had to beat a team twice. And we do it, and we beat them both by one run. Both games went extra innings, nine, nine innings, right? So, oh again, God. just you think about the highs and lows and the emotions and – you know, the, the, you know, the take, bringing everything out of the tank, it was crazy. So we make it to the, um, we make it to the national championship game after winning 11 games in a row from the losers bracket. Over, over four days, five days. Over five days against the best teams in the country, right? I mean, I'm talking all the big names all across the country and we make it to the national championship game. That's now on T again for the third year in a row. Right. And it's on TV and, um, and we sit there, and I think Avery kind of talked about how tight game, 0-0. Zero, zero. We played, you know, the kid that was pitching in that game went on to pitch for University of Michigan, Megan Bobian, super, super, super pitcher, and a lot, lot, lot of big names in that game. And, um, and Kinsey winds up getting a two-out hit with a runner on third in the sixth inning. And, um, and then, <laughs> so we're up, we're up one nothing. Wow. We don't do anything in the top of the seventh. They come up in the bottom of the seventh, and... They, um, they get the leadoff kid on. We switch pitchers. Another kid comes in. They bunt, move that kid to second. So it's one nothing runner on second. Next kid up hits a dying ball. And I can remember it. I saw my center fielder get a bad jump on it. And um, I'm, like, I'm like, oh, crap. I thought she was going to catch it, but it's falling. Oh, they're going to tie it. Oh, wait. The runner on second thought she was going to catch it, too. So she didn't go, right? So they wind up getting second and third, one out. And... National championships on the line, bottom of the seventh. So I call timeout, and I can see my whole team. Everybody's rattling. I call, walk out to the mound, you know, super, con you know, total acting, like I'm inside, <laughs> hearts pounding, this and that. And I just walked out to him very seriously, and I said, I said, all right, look, we've come too far, you know, to let anything stop us now. We're going to get a strikeout and a pop-up, and we're going to win the national championship. Everybody good with that? And I looked at them all in the eyes, and they all went, you know, <laughs> like, give me one of those, right? So I walk back real confidently, and I'm like, you know, like, inside, I'm, I'm just jelly, right? We come back to the dugout, 
and we get a strikeout and a pop-up to left field, and we win the national championship after winning 12 games in a row from the loser's bracket. So that's going to always be a tough one, tough one to overcome. Even though, you know, I think like when we won states in high school um, the first time in 2021 after I lost Avery and all those, our 2020 team was the best high school softball team in the country by far. You know, people talk about it all the time that what we lost it to COVID and then to be able to come back and retool and win a state championship, I thought, you know, that's another special moment as well. But, but going back to that, you know, PGF national championship, 12 games from, you know, from the losers bracket, um, which is, which will probably never be broken because you'd have to have the bad luck to get into the play in game to begin with. So, so that was incredibly special. The fact that Kinsey got the you know game winning hit that was you know the cherry on top. If, if if that, I mean, it was just already incredibly special. And and then on top, of the last thing I'll tell you, Michael, is you know when um, we first went to Illinois, and I said, mm-hmm. "Hey, girls, we're playing a national championship." I didn't really know how good we were in the national scale. I had no idea, but I told them just a little added fun incentive again. You know, get girls feeling good. I said, "Look, you know, if you guys win a national championship, I'll take us. I'll take the team. I'll take all of you. We'll go on a cruise to celebrate." And and they they're like really and I said yeah so so 2013 oh, they lost crap. it was 2014 <laughs> so at the ceremony at the ceremony in 2015 you know uh, Kinsey like yells on the microphone when they were like you know we're going on a cruise and sure enough you know that that <laughs> December I took uh, the whole team and their and the parents you know took care of themselves but we like 45 of us went on a three-day cruise to the Bahamas. I mean, just wow. what a lifetime memory, you know? I mean, something that, you know, we'll, you know, hopefully we'll celebrate again in 10 years, you know, just, or in two, in two years, in 2025. So should be pretty cool. That's a phenomenal, phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal story. Wow! Thank you. Holy yeah. cow! So cool, so cool, so amazing. <sighs> Coach Gells, this has been amazing i want to thank you so much for coming on the show thank you oh you're very welcome thanks for having me it's always fun to talk softball and, and talk about uh you know great people that are trying to do great things to help them out i mean i think that's awesome what you guys are doing and if i can ever be of any help just let me know absolutely all right folks that is it coach gels um and that is it for me as well thank you so much for watching the show and uh we'll see you guys next time Bye. Take care.